Good morning, gorgeous. How are you ladies doing this morning? I hope you're all doing wonderful. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Dow, and today we are talking about womanhood, understanding the purpose and power of women, God's design for female identity, a book that we are reading written by Dr. Miles Monroe. And today specifically, we're talking about giving life as a woman. You, as a woman, give life. And I'm not just talking about physical life, because yes, we do bring physical life into this world, but it's so much more than that. Bringing physical life into this world is just a physical way that we give life. But with everything physical, there's always something spiritual. Spiritually, we also give life to every single thing we touch because it's in our nature. So today we're going to talk about how you, my love, can give life as a woman and how God can help you to do this in all of your relationships. So I want you to go ahead and sit back and relax. Before we get into this topic, I'm reminding you about our (laughs) weekly opportunity called An Elegant Life. Each week, I want you to focus on ways that you can bring more elegance into your life and create an opportunity for yourself to do something a little bit different and do it for an entire week to see how it impacts the way that you live your life. This week, your opportunity is to curate your home clothes. We as women at home, especially if you are a woman who stays at home as a homemaker, sometimes it can... Oh, you know, kind of creep up on us that we are looking quite sluggish and bummy at home. And of course, you know, your home is where you're supposed to be able to relax, especially if you're someone who works a nine to five job outside of the house. You're in tight suits and uniforms and all kinds of clothing that you probably don't really want to be in. So when you get home, you want to feel cozy and comfy. But sometimes those cozy and comfy looks can become rather sluggish to the point where we don't feel our best. Because you are someone who cares about the way you present, whether it means presenting to a random stranger who may knock on your door, presenting to your children who are going to remember the way that you've looked their entire life, to your spouse who cares about the way that you look because it impacts the way that they respond to you and the way that you respond to them. I was watching a video recently where a woman was talking about how When she is dressed better at home, it impacts the way that she even disciplines her children. Because when you look good, you feel better. You feel better. (laughs) You feel better than you would if you didn't look good. You always feel better. It's something internal that just tells you that, you know, you are worthy. And when you feel better, you act better. So, When she is in really slummy clothing and her hair is a mess and she just looks like she just woke up, she gets more agitated with her children. She kind of fits the part, right? It's like when you look a certain way, people just expect you to act like how you look. So when you're looking a mess, you're kind of playing the role that that messy look goes with, which is like a crazy, screaming, angry mom. 
And when she's more put together at home, she says that she actually treats her children better, not on purpose, but she just realizes this. And with her husband, she also mentioned that with her husband, when she looks disheveled, she doesn't want her husband to look at her. She doesn't want her husband to interact with her because she doesn't feel pretty. And so she will push him away or find ways not to interact with him because she's thinking that he must be thinking something. And maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But in her mind, because she doesn't look good, she pushes him away or she acts a little bit more like rude, not as sweet. And so it just shows you how different people can be impacted by the way that they choose to look. So my opportunity for you is to just curate your home clothes. I'm not saying look like a 10 every single day when you're at home, but there are certain clothing that can be comfortable and still nice to wear and still kind of keep your dignity in the house. (laughs) Now, it's okay if you have a couple clothes here and there that are not like completely up to par, but your clothes should not all look like they're torn apart by an animal. Some of your clothes should match. Some of your clothes should look pleasing to look at. There may be certain colors that you realize you wear at home. And maybe you may want to freshen it up. Spring is here. It's time for spring cleaning. So spring clean your home attire because that actually does matter. A lot of people wear their home attire to the grocery store or to the post office or just to pick up their children from school. And these are their home clothes, but they're wearing them outside of the home, not realizing that they should not be walking out of the house with it. So you kind of want to have clothes that you can wear to various places. Yeah, there may be a few things that you literally can only wear at home. But what I've realized in my life, especially now as a stay-at-home mom, as a homemaker, I've realized that when I say I'm only going to wear these clothes at home, Somehow, some way, I always end up accidentally wearing it out because I don't want to change just to go to the store. It's too much of a hassle. So I just end up wearing it out. And then I'm always embarrassed. I'm always like, oh, this dress is too short. Or, you know, this dress is too low cut. Or it has some kind of like a stain on it or a bunch of lint. And I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. So it would be best to just have clothes that I can wear outside and still look put together and still be comfortable enough and acceptable to wear at home where I'm okay if it gets food or stains on it, right? So just that that fine middle ground as a feminine woman, this is something to pay attention to, especially if you are married. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about you giving life as a woman. It's been said that the pressure exerted on a woman's body during delivery would kill a man. The pressure is so heavy that a male's body could not physically hold up under it. Have you ever heard that? I mean, I knew that a woman's body, obviously giving birth is intense, but I did not realize it was so heavy that a male's body could not physically hold up under it. That is incredible. I watched a video recently where a woman was talking about what it means to have a gentle and quiet spirit. And interestingly enough, she used this exact example. And she said that when a woman is giving birth, she is putting so much pressure, pushing that baby out. It shows you how incredibly strong we are as women. We have so much strength. Yet when that baby comes out of the womb, 
We nurture the baby. We hold the baby ever so softly. But we have the power to crush that child with the strength that we contain. So women are absolutely not weak. We are extremely strong, but we know how and when to enforce and and push and use that strength and when to be nurturing and soft. And it's that strength under control, which is what it means to have a gentle and quiet spirit. It's strength under control. It's not weakness. So I wanted to just throw that in there. The woman is essentially a life giver. She was given the ability to receive the seed of the male and to reproduce after their kind. This is an awesome capability. God gave the female a powerful responsibility in the world. Pregnancy is a remarkable process that shifts the focus and efforts of a woman's entire body to the task of developing the new life within her womb. Okay, as a woman who is pregnant, everything about a woman changes, right? And everything about the woman's body has to change to ensure that the pregnancy is something that she can sustain. And I'm not just talking about what's changing internally, but also what's changing externally, like the way the woman is balancing, right? Her gravity has to shift because her belly is now huge. She cannot walk the same. She has to learn how to walk with the stomach. All of these different things have to happen in order for her to be able to carry out the pregnancy. Since God created the woman's gestational ability as an integral part of her nature, this ability permeates all areas of her life. She has a physical womb, but she also has an emotional womb, a mental and instinctual womb, and a spiritual womb. She brings forth life in all of these areas of her makeup. Everything about her is a womb. She receives things into herself, nurtures them until they mature, and then gives them back in fully developed form. Now, if this topic of pregnancy feels painful to you as a woman, because perhaps you have had trouble conceiving or trouble carrying out a pregnancy and feel as though this is something that's just really hard to listen to because it's something you desire or something that hasn't happened for you, then please stay until the end of this segment because I do want to say a prayer for you and just know that God sees you, God hears you, God knows, God knows, and God is the one who truly is going to do everything for your good. Even if it's something that is awful, God can turn every single thing around and give you peace and understanding for everything that's happened in your life. Now, when we think of the womb, the the womb is a very nurturing environment. The womb is a place that the baby receives nurture. So as a woman, you are a natural nurturer of things. Your body is a place of nurture. So you might be a woman who thinks that you're so hard and you're so cold and you're just so hard to deal with. People don't like you because you don't have warmth to you. You don't have anything about you that nurtures. It's not true. That may be what the devil is telling you, but that's actually not true. You were built to nurture and those capabilities are within you. 
but there are probably other things that are stopping those things from happening. But believe it or not, you are nurturing things that you're probably not even aware that you're actually nurturing. The woman takes from the people and the environments around her, especially her husband if she's married, and creates something entirely new with what she takes in. Many women do not know that they are blessed with such an awesome purpose. Everything goes back to the purpose and the design of God. The woman's nature is to be a receiver. And that is why she can receive the seed of a man in order to create a new human life. Yet it is not the only matter of receiving, but it's also being able to transfer what she's received in a remarkable way that makes her an incubator. A womb will never give you back what was received. A womb will always take what you gave it, multiply it, and then give it back. When a woman receives an idea and incubates it, it becomes something greater, something bigger, something stronger, something more dynamic. What exactly do I mean by incubation apart from physical gestation? I mean that a woman is gifted with many creative abilities that can assist her loved ones, herself, and the world. A woman incubates in these main ways. She sees possibilities and potential. She ponders words, actions, and relationships between things. She processes words, ideas, and problems. She conceives and invents. She develops ideas, plans, and programs. She protects what she has received while it develops. She produces something new from what she receives. She multiplies what is given. You could say that a woman is an entire research and development department all in one. In this, she reflects the nature of her creator who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Romans 4.17 Just as God created man out of himself, a woman brings forth new life from within herself. Now, this is beautiful, but just know that this gift of being an incubator has two sides to it. So that's why I said, if you don't think that you are someone who nurtures, you're wrong. (laughs) However, it can be double-sided. It can be used in a positive or a negative way. It depends on if it's being used in a healthy way or not. There is a womb of emotions. A woman can be pregnant with bitterness that a man has been presenting her for years. At some point, her long suffering will come to an end and she will be full term. The woman has received this bitterness. She's been very quiet for years while she carried her painful baby so that the man doesn't understand when suddenly she delivers it. She might say, that's it. I've had it. I want you to leave. The man's going to say, what happened? I've been doing what I've been doing for the last 10 years. Well, that's it. The baby's come. Get out. Take your clothes, everything you have, and get out of my house. And then he wonders what happened, like what got into her. But the baby that's been in her for a long time has been growing and developing. So it's really important that a lot of times men don't realize that the things that they have done have been adding up and adding up and multiplying, and then it's too late. 
And for those of you wives who deal with this kind of thing, it can really be deflating as a wife to have a husband who does certain things and makes you feel low. And maybe because they're doing these things constantly, each time you're thinking, okay, you know, I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to deal with it. But the hurt is just building up and building up and literally sucking the life out of you to where you're walking around the house feeling so low on energy because you just can't take it. And these are the things that are so important that you bring it to God and you cry out to the Lord, cry out and tell him how hurt you feel, how angry you feel, how powerless you feel because God is your helper and he listens to you. He hears you. He wants to help you. And sometimes you just don't even know where to start because something has been happening for so long and you don't feel like you have the energy to do anything about it. That's why you have God. That's what he is there for. So lean on God, tell God, and he will give you a strategy. He will give you wisdom. He will tell you what to do. He will lead you to the people who can help you. And then you go ahead and do your part. But we carry things a lot as women for far too long. Suppose a man tells his wife during a heated argument, I wish I'd never married you. The woman becomes angry when she hears it. So she locks herself into an emotional room. The man may have said a thousand words to her during the argument, but just that one sentence went into her heart, penetrating it as a single sperm out of the million penetrations, the egg at conception. Do you know what she does with it? She incubates it. Nine years later, he says to her, honey, you're the sweetest thing I've ever married. And she says, hmm, you didn't think so nine years ago. The woman is still carrying the baby. Obviously, you don't want to like intentionally carry things, but sometimes the people you love the most can say something that just stings emotionally. And it's hard not to carry it, especially if it's something that you're really working on or you're, you care a lot about. And men sometimes will say things very carelessly. Um, This happened with me recently with my husband. I had been just like doing a lot of different things around the house and just with my son and with him and just trying to like, just be my best. Really actually working on that. Like I'm going to actually work on doing things in a different way. So that was like my focus that particular week. And he made a like a flyby comment. Oh, he wanted to throw me something. Yeah, he wanted to throw me something across the room. <laughs> he was like, catch this. And I'm like, no, do not throw that. I was literally not in the mood. I was not in the mood to catch anything and have it hit something and break. Okay. So I was like, no, I'm not going to catch it. And he's like, oh, you're no fun. Now he was just playing around saying, oh, you're no fun. Obviously I'm fun. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He was saying it because he didn't get his way. He wanted to throw something across the room. I didn't want to be, I didn't want anything being thrown at me. Okay. Simple. And he made a little flyby comment. Now, normally I probably would have let that go. It wouldn't have actually affected me, but because I was literally in the middle of like taking care of a bunch of stuff and was just fully concentrating on like ensuring my family had a really good night, that little comment really bothered me. And I had to address it because I just thought it was not necessary to even say. And Obviously, he didn't mean it, but it doesn't mean that it did not affect me. 
And these are the kind of things that happen sometimes, especially when you're married. Men will just say these like silly little comments sometimes to try to like bait you or to try to get you to do what they want. Or, you know, just sometimes it's just immaturity. Sometimes men are just immature because they're men and they just that fun, like carefree side of them sometimes they don't realize can sometimes be insensitive or inappropriate. And a lot of men are more focused on having fun or, you know, being in a certain way. Whereas sometimes women are a little more more focused on the family or whatever issues at hand or just taking care of business and, and that kind of thing, because that's how we are as women. So these things can clash. Sometimes it's, it's not intentional. Sometimes it is intentional. Sometimes they do say something that they actually mean. You never listen to me. And they actually do mean that. <laughs> and they actually do think that. And maybe you thought you were a great listener or you are, you are listening to him, but those things can really sting. Or maybe people told you your whole life that you never listen. And so when he said it, it really hit a bell and it really hurt. And so it's like, you have to always analyze every situation and figure out like, if they're saying something that they actually do mean, think about yourself and think about whether or not it's true. But either way, it's not good to hold on to little things, whether they're playing around or they're serious. It's important for you to take time and really think about it. You know, my husband says, oh, you're no fun. You know, I can think about, you know, do I think I'm fun? Does he tell me I'm fun all the time? Whatever. What is his idea of fun, right? My husband literally jumps off of planes. Like, I'm not even kidding. He jumps off of planes. That is his idea of fun. That is absolutely not my idea of fun. But for some people, that is fun to them, you know? And so you have to also be okay with who you are when people make certain comments or, you know, say certain things. It's important for you to also think about yourself and think about whether or not you're okay not being what they want you to be, or you're okay with whatever they said. It's important that we think about things instead of just reacting or holding it in and then like trying to change ourselves or trying to be angry that they're not accepting us for who we are. It's important for you to do that for yourself. So incubating is positive, but incubating can also be negative. If you're not taking the time to soberly like look at something and figure out what it really means for yourself. A man is different. Okay. A man does not have any wombs. If you say to a man, you're ugly, he'll say you're ugly too. And then he'll forget about it. However, if you tell a woman that she's going to remember it forever. Single men have to be really careful about what they say to single women. If a man says to a woman, hey, beautiful, you look great. He's probably going to have a baby. (laughs) He's going to have a baby in a little while. And I'm not talking about a physical baby. He will conceive an emotional baby. The woman will tell him, you told me you loved me. And he says, I was only joking. Joking. Okay. And... This is why it's so important to be careful as a significant person in someone's life. You know, if a man knows that a woman is an incubator, he has to be careful about what he says to her. And this is not just men. This is also parents, teachers. There are a lot of significant people in a person's life who can say certain things that a person can incubate. And that incubation can lead to 
positive things or negative things. And that's why if you are a parent, it's so important to pray over your child, pray for your children's teachers, because you can be the best parent and you can empower your child every single day. But if they go to school and someone significant, like a teacher, says to them, they're stupid or they're slow or just some off the chart, off the handle remark, that child can incubate that for the rest of their life. And believe that they're not what you said that they were, right? And so it's so important that you are affirming your children. You are planting seeds in your child. You are giving your children everything that they need mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, but then also praying over other people in their life that they're going to meet that can also impact them with their words, And just like I said, this principle does not only apply to relationships between husband and wives or even men and women in general. Women have to be careful what they say to other women as well. A woman may tell her friend, your hair looks a little bit different today. And she might think that the slight comment has no implication. Yet that isn't the end of the comment. The friend takes that statement home and incubates it, builds it up, and develops it. And a couple weeks later, the friend gives a woman a piece of her mind. We have to be careful about what we say to one another. It's really actually helpful if you try as a woman not to talk too much. And I know this may sound like, oh, you're just trying to tell women to shut up. I'm actually not telling you to shut up. I'm telling you to not talk so much. And this actually is something that I learned from my own experience as a woman. I used to be the person that loved to just fill up the space in the room with talking because I felt like other people were bored. I wanted to be like, you know, entertainment for them or just make the situation more comfortable. And in doing that, growing up, thank God, once I got saved, God showed me a lot of different things about myself that he felt needed some changing and helped me to be able to change those things. But this is one of the things because I was always doing that. I ended up saying so many inappropriate things that I had to end up apologizing for taking back. And it was because I was just trying to talk just to talk. I didn't think about what I was going to say before I said it. And I would say things that would hurt people's feelings, especially to men. I actually really rarely ever did this with women. It was almost always with men where I was saying things that were insulting. I was revealing things that they probably didn't want other people to know. I was just being very inappropriate, saying things that just were on my mind, but it ended up impacting them later. And how I would know is that because men are usually not going to be like, oh my gosh, last week you said this, but maybe months or years later, they would say, yeah, Michelle, remember you said da, 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 da. I was like, I said that? <laughs> and I'm always surprised. I'm like, really? I said that? I don't remember saying that. And it's like, how are you never remembering saying these things? It's because you're not paying attention to what you're saying. You're just talking to fill up the space or to make people laugh or whatever the case might be. And so God delivered me from that. And I'm so glad because I can finally just shut up and just be at peace and not feel like I'm the entertainment for the the circle. (laughs) And that really freed me. That really freed me. And it, it helped me not to say things that I don't mean and hurt people's feelings that I don't mean to hurt. 
So if this is something that you struggle with, just know that God can help you with this. If you're able to ask him for the help and you're able to trust him in those situations when you start feeling like you have to say something, just not, just actually not saying anything and letting someone else be the entertainment, letting someone else be whatever, just shutting up will help you so much. And it'll save someone else's feelings for the things that you actually don't even mean. And you're just talking just to be talking. Okay, um, I really want to impress that on you because these things that may seem like no big deal to you can really hurt someone else's feelings. And I know you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I will see you next time. Remember, in all things you do, make a feminine impression. Bye-bye.